real rerun starting. Welcome back to another episode of Real Rewind. My name is George, and I'm joined by a returning handsome little man called Callum. Thank you, George. And that sweet little blueberry pancake, Alex. Aww. How is everyone? Yeah, pretty good. Not too bad, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Are you been? Well, I've been all right. What has everyone been watching? You want to do that quickly? Yeah. 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 Do Alex or... I... Yeah, yeah, I watched the. I think the only thing of note I've watched is the last episode of Invincible. I see the that animation that, yeah. on Amazon, that, and I did. To... I did really enjoy it actually. George pointed out last week that the animation style is a bit lazy, and actually, I think George pointed it out for the flying, and the flying doesn't bother me. I didn't. Well, I, it was more. I it. heard people say I haven't watched Invincible. I think yeah. I explained why last week, but. I haven't seen it. I've heard that people mm. have been like some aspects are pretty cheap, including flying, where it's just a cut out See, of the character the, just moving. Fair. See, the flying didn't bother me. What bothered me is that the character models are clearly just reused. So, like Mark, the main guy has superhero Mark and normal dude Mark, and normal dude Mark is like they were like, oh, cool, he's dressed scruffy but he's dressed scruffy in the exact same way throughout the whole series over a span of six months. Same model, And it, yeah. after George pointed it out, it really, like, like just nicked at me. And I was like, yeah, it, tuck it, your bloody shirt in. It's one of those things where... It doesn't where... look messy if it's always out on one side exactly the same. It's always... uh, but yeah, other than that, it, it, I, really, I actually really enjoyed it. It's one of those things where, like, I, I haven't seen either, but like, is it, um, like, uh, they... They do animation where they'll like make a full frame and then only animate one little bit of it and keep the whole rest of the frame still to like, make, like sort of make it a cheaper no, effect. I, I don't, I I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's noticeably cheap. Like the only thing I noticed it on was the, like if the stock model had a tucked in shirt, it would be fine. But because like the shirt is untucked in the same way throughout six months, it, like that was the only thing I really noticed. I don't think it's that lazy. I don't know. I'm literally good at what I heard, and the main thing I heard is people laughing at because it is just him going like that and then they just move it about and people yeah like, i don't think it's Oof. that bad i mean i look i looked at I it like it. yeah obviously i've watched the last episode since then um actually i think i watched the last two since then but like in those i didn't notice that with the flying and i was kind of looking for it but that might have been because it was the last episode and like he doesn't go much flying without being absolutely beaten the crap out of so but yeah, that's pretty good. I'd, I'd, I'd advise, it's like eight episodes on Amazon, so if you fancy checking it out, give it a go. Um, did you watch anything? Uh, not, not too much. I watched uh, uh, Nomadland. Like, I got added to um, Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know if you guys checked it out yet or not. It's going to come on Friday. No, no. It's, it's actually no, not... really, really good. I was surprised by it. Like, that, that, that won the best picture, didn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I can see why it was really, really good. And like, again, it's always it's just quite a simple film, and obviously, Phantasm Adornment. Again, she amazes me every single time. She's she's brilliant in the film. And it was really cool seeing like actual nomads as well playing like sort of themselves in the film. But yeah, it's pre pre pretty cool story. Quite, quite sad, but yeah, no, I definitely uh, recommend checking it out. Definitely, and obviously, it's free on Disney Plus, so definitely do that. But yeah, that's nice. yeah. I saw it come out, and I was like, this is this seems like a movie where you've got to be in the right mindset. And I was yeah. Like, I just want to watch something on like a Friday night. Like, yeah, it's it's not it's not like an easy going. I mean, I mean it's it's one of those things where the start film is like oh like she goes to like a 
Like a this is start this is the start of them. She goes to a um a, like a, a storage unit, gets some stuff out, and goes like, "Oh, what are you here? Oh, yeah, my husband just just died, so now I'm now I'm not homeless, but I'm houseless." She's basically husband's clearly dying. She's like, "Actually, oh, going like, well, I'm not going to go be a near nomad." And he sort of explore why she's done that, the community around it, and sort of the life of a nomad. Mm. Yeah, and like sort of like the philosophical question of like why they do it. It's quite interesting. I think it's quite interesting because I I don't really know a lot about nomads. That kind of gave me like a. And I think that because it's actually nomads in the film, you got, kind of get like a more of an accurate insight into it. That's what I think I could be one there. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I don't know what a nomad is. It's basically just... Somebody who lives in a van. Basically a van dweller, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. One of the people who live in a van. Like, I guess... Oh, no, I was going to say it's, that's kind of more of a negative stereotype. It's the positive, probably more real version of the negative stereotype of like a gypsy. Yeah. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, totally. It's it's just a philosophy of like they 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 just they don't see themselves as homeless. They see themselves as houseless. It's quite interesting. Yeah, to be fair. But yeah, it's good. Yeah, that's, that's that's pretty much what I watched this week. Yeah. Uh, I watched a couple of things, but I guess of note I'll talk about. I watched Lisa and the Devil, which is this really weird. So it's a clip you send us. No, that's a clip from something else. That <laughs> that's not Lisa and the Devil. <laughs> you think? I, I think I watched. I think I talked about last week, which is the Lair of the White Worm, which is like a late 80s British weird horror movie, and I love it. Um, it's so bad and cheesy and fantastic. Uh, but no, I watched uh, Lisa and the Devil, which is a probably from the 70s, I don't know when specifically from the 70s, um, but a Mario Brother film, and it's really odd. and. It was really good. I enjoyed it, but there's a weird. I didn't really follow the story in that they kind of imply something, but they don't imply it strongly enough to make it obvious that I was like, going on here. But if you see it about, I'd recommend watching it. Um, and I also watched Scare Package yesterday, uh, which is from last year, I think. It came out, I believe, as a Shadow movie. And it's like an anthology, and it's a bit like. So this is like I think the second recent Shudder movie after Scare Me, which I talked yeah. about. Yeah. Where it's like Scare Me was probably better than this. It's better executed, but it's a thing of. It's a really interesting idea. Like this is an anthology film of two people in like a video store, kind of tell each other horror movies, and there was one bit that was genuinely like funny and really interesting and a lot of like the effects are good but it's just like weirdly digitally shot and there's like the humor is really weird and i don't know it's, a, it's the second film where i've been like this could be a really good premise i just don't quite pull off and that's a shame that uh, i wonder if that's like all shadow I, I think it happened a lot in films where you see like a cool premise and realize it's just not executed very well yeah well it's, i don't i don't know anything about it but i don't know if as an anthology film was shot by different people yeah. But there's, it's generally more of a horror comedy, and there's some good ideas. It just kind of like falls flat in a lot of places. Like I don't know, I, I didn't hate it necessarily, but I was like, yeah, not fair enough. Uh, so uh, later on, we're going to be discussing Conquer as our review this week. But last week, I said to you, Alex. I'd mentioned Congo before in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Did you find where I referenced Congo? Oh no, I completely. I uh, is it in your 
top 10 list. No, but I did say there would be a punishment if you didn't find it, and there will be a punishment <sighs> down the line. Stay tuned, listeners. Oh, what no. I said was, controversial opinion, Congo is my favourite Michael Crichton movie. And I feel like I said that as a joke because I don't believe that, but speaking of controversial opinions, uh, a little while ago, I can't remember, like, like a month ago, someone did like a Twitter, like... Hey, tell us, I can't remember who I should have probably written down there, of like, tell us your controversial movie opinions. So I've got written down some of the ones I think are the most interesting, and I thought we could discuss them and see if we right. agree or disagree, yeah. and maybe throw out controversial opinions of our own. Yeah. Uh, so the first one that I think will maybe cause a debate, uh, by at Yashish underscore... I wrote down the usernames as well, but I don't know whether that I should read them. So I'm going yeah, to go until I don't. Go for it, yeah. uh, but they said, The Shape of Water sucks. And I, I agree. I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it sucks, but it is not as good as everyone gives it credit for. Yeah. I, I, I would maybe agree with that. Yeah, it's one of those, the movie is fine, maybe even good, but everyone's like, oh my god, it was great. And I'm like, eh, it's a woman who fucks a fish. I don't think it it's... It's best picture, didn't it? I think it best picture, yeah. No, it, did. no, it didn't. It did. Did it? Yeah. I thought um, Three Billboards won it in the end. No. Wait, no, no, wait, no. No, she won it. It definitely won it. Yeah. It did won it. Yeah, I think, I'm let, pretty me, sure. let me Google it. I'm pretty oh, sure I won. I think Three Billboards won the BAFTA, Alex, I think. Ah, possibly. I think. It did win Death Best Director, George Watt there. Delta, I did win director for that. But yeah, we're just searching that though. But yeah, I obviously I think I was probably I before. I really like that film. Oh yeah, but got best I, picture Oscar. Yeah, but I know it's not for I know it's not for everyone. But saying that it's a terrible film, I think it's completely wrong. Like it's, re- I think it's quite like a beautifully shot film. It's got like amazing episode. And you got to remember, it's supposed to be a fairy tale. It doesn't fairy tales don't have to be like normal. That I know the idea of like her fucking a fish is bizarre, but it's a fairy tale. It doesn't need to be like grounded anyway. Any remember that? Oh. Bit? <laughs> Sorry, that's going to real, uh, real pass over anyone listening on a podcast rather than watching the yeah, video. Alex did a funny a little fish of, dick thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was a bit where um, I think it was... Uh, the sign language for fish penis, apparently. Yeah, basically, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah. I don't know. It is a fairy tale. And I do think Del Toro is a generally pretty good director. But I agree that I feel like all of this is... Like, all of the success and kind of all of the... Oh, my God, that's amazing is largely off the back of his record like yeah his kind of what's the word that i've just forgot. reputation that's the word uh i threw an s in there and it confused me yeah i feel like Toro is a really weird director of i feel like a lot of people know pan's labyrinth and then you look at his filmography and he's done generally like quite commercial work which isn't terrible but it's weird that people then hold him up as this like Fantastic visionary or tall, and it's like, oh, I suppose I, so. But I, I think I like it's like Hellboy. Like I said, like the film themselves, maybe like, I like Hellboy, but like I admit, like it's, this, the film themselves aren't amazing. I think I just love his monster work. That's why I, I, think, really, you, I like you have it. Like, sorry, no, sorry, it's like, I also, sorry, I like his. Uh, I mean, the creature in the shape of water. I think actually looks like phenomenal. I love what the design went into that. 
And I think these guys see well, like the documentary, like um, where you go, you know, to a ghost for his like monster book and the sketch he makes. I love how intricately detailed. Like you think, like oh, he, he just said to someone, "Go make a fish monster." You know, he properly drew and designed most of it, and they do it quite dead onto his drawings. Is what I think. It's quite hands-on director making all these creatures. Yeah, that's not how it works. He went, "Hang on, haven't we got that uh, Abe Sapien thing left over from Hellboy?" No, that, was designed, that, out, that was designed differently. It was that was such a different design. It was a, it was Again, a... it's one of those things where, like, it, it, it's just weird. Of, like, he did Cronus and the Devil's Backbone, which are fantastic, and I didn't mind Mimic. But then after that, he went on and did, like, Blade 2 and Hellboy. Oh, and... controversial opinion. I really love Blade 2, but some people don't, apparently. Blade 2 is pretty good. Blade 2 is not a controversial opinion. No, apparently, some people actually think it's not, not the best one. I mean, okay. I feel like a lot of people go back and, like, Blade sucks. It's like, well, 1 and 2 are actually pretty good. I, but I will say, based off Cal's controversial opinion, Blade One is leaps and bounds better than Blade Two. No, see that—that's what I mean. I think I think Blade Two is better. I, I I like Blade Two. It is a good movie. Again, I feel like a lot of people kind of champion it because of Del Toro and all the. No, I champion the film. I champion I champion the, the, the new vampires personally. I love those. Yeah, I don't. You you don't get Blade doing this cheesy ice skating appeal when he shoots that guy in the club and goes. Truth. And it's the best thing in all of my. And the bit where he gets um, cut in half, and then like there's a blood thing, like an infant together. Yeah, and then he just spin kicks near someone. I don't know. This is mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. I maybe agree that the shape of water isn't terrible, but I do think that like the fact that it won best picture and all this stuff compared to what I would say are much better films, I feel like a lot of that is based yeah. off Del Toro more than the film itself. Yeah. It, it surprised me that that was like a Best Picture nomination because that was one no, step It doesn't surprise me it was a nomination, it, but I, I'm surprised it was. Yeah, no, I, no, yeah. See, ask me, I mean, George, I, do, I don't think maybe, because I think yeah, Free Billboards was a great, a better film, a better film that year. I think both were amazing, yeah. but, but Free Billboards was like a standout for me. And also, I'm yeah, really glad great. that Phantom Dorman got the Best Actress for that as well. But Sally Hawkins in Shave Water, I thought, was phenomenal. I love how she did a whole performance without saying a word. I, saw, I think that's so yeah, impressive. Yeah. And also, as an actress, I mean, yeah, it's just, and obviously, like, the state, the film, the, like, the, the costumes, the effects. And I, I thought that all added up to make it like the George's face is saying no. I thought the effects were amazing. There. No, it was more George's face is saying, I'm, I'm stirring a cup, a cup of tea, tea and I hope yeah. it doesn't but like, come. But like, I think all these elements added up to make it this great film. But obviously, the thing that pulled people down is actual the core romance story arc that people probably don't really like and most other elements like other people may have thought the, 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 sort of the villain in the film wasn't particularly great or you know some characters were missing out of place but yeah you know yeah. like that's, that's the thing I don't think the film was shit which I think was the comment George ran out yeah. I, I do think it's overrated <laughs> I do think it's a bit weird it's, it's a weird film like it's a good film it's well made but it is a weird film yeah uh yeah the next one they have is at Arps23. says Rogue One is not good. And that is not a controversial opinion. That's just a that's fact. That's a fact. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not, I mean, Rogue I One is not good. See, I think Rogue, Rogue One has actually a really, really awesome third act. And I think because it has a really awesome third act, people forgot about the first two acts, which weren't that great. See, um, I think it's fine. It's not terrible, but it's nothing great. I well, think I, I think that it's probably the best of the newest Star Wars. Of I think, like visually, it's well directed. I do think it's pretty well directed, and like visually, it looks good. How they like harken back to the seventies and kind of recapture that that like no other film really has. Like Solo, maybe a little bit, but even then, that's like didn't really 
go see, all I, out I, trying to catch I actually think Solo's my favourite of the new ones, not gonna lie. I don't know why, I think that surprised me. See, I, I would say Solo probably is, but I would say Rogue One is probably the best like shot or best looking, like I would mm, say. Yeah, I can see my, that. My like, like, did a lot trying to capture back. Yeah, if I remember rightly, my issues with Solo was that I didn't really vibe with Solo. He was like the least interesting part in his own film. That's true, but Luke's the least interesting part. In Star Wars. I, I think Olivia Clark was um, by, by a long way. <laughs> I, I think Olivia Clark was least in, like more well, hands that moment to get together were like not great duo. I don't think. I think it is is like everyone's like ah, oh, and I'm not happy with you as, but everyone is like Solo was the least interesting part of Solo. And it's like well, you have Lando, who I guess gave an interesting performance, but. He wasn't in it much. You had the feminist droid who was boring. You had Woody Harrelson who was just kind of there playing Woody Harrelson. Uh, you had Chewbacca who I loved but was just Chewbacca. And Tanya Newton who died straight away. Like, and then you had Amina Cutler. Who out of that did you Well, love? mostly it was when Woody Harrelson. I, 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 say... I just didn't find him very charismatic, especially compared to like Harrison Ford. I suppose. I could see that. I think, I, I, wonder, I wonder as well, sorry, if um like, because there was a lot, a lot of, um, I think a lot of you started like that. It's the same problem. Like there's a lot of weird stuff going on. Where that film originally had the directors of, um, Lord Tr- yeah, we had them originally. And apparently, again, I, I don't know the full story of this, but like apparently they 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 shot the film to be like very like, gave them, like a comedic performance, and they had to change it all and reshoot. I wonder if that like took away from like the original performance he had envisioned, or what, I don't know. I, I think he's doing a good performance. I think like he actually does a really good. Harrison Ford impression, like probably the best out of every one, really. I would just say that, like, with a Phoenix, you know that, <laughs> you know, Jones. But well, I would say the thing with Harrison Ford is he's a good actor. He is a great actor. But I think, especially in like Star Wars, when you have like someone who can't really direct, like George Lucas, he's just getting by on his pure charisma, and it's the thing of like he's not that good as an actor in Star Wars, it's just his kind of natural charisma. Whereas when you then surround that with really like, not Mark Hamill who can't act and not Carrie Fisher who can't really act. Like once you put him opposite people who can act, I feel like he kind of, that that isn't enough for that character to get by or that, you know, it doesn't excel that character. I think he does have the charisma. It's just other people actually have charisma in this movie. Mm, maybe I, I, I just together. again i haven't watched it in a while i just remember finding him a bit bland i found woody harrelson and uh donald glover more interesting i don't know i might be like i might if i re-watched it i might be like oh i didn't hate solo it was just very i, I thought that um uh paul, uh, 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 paul bettany ha- ha- had fun in it mm. oh yeah i forgot paul bettany was in it yeah but in terms of rogue one everyone always says the last third is really good it's not uh i don't really understand why people like the last third because people hold up as like the best thing of Star Wars and you watch it and it's pretty boring. Like it really isn't, I don't really understand it, but it's a film that I think like visually is really good. It's just the characters are terrible, like awful and you don't care. I would say that like a lot of the plot is pretty pointless and boring and the last third that everyone holds up isn't that good and certainly isn't good enough to carry the whole movie. And like, I don't know. It's just I, I don't really. I again visually, I think it looks good, but it's just these weird. I think it says a lot about the quality of film that people are like. Oh, this last third one's up, which you know, regardless of what you think, is 
like the last 20 minutes of a movie, which I, I, I don't think I think it's because well, people like, and then people like, oh, the Darth Vader scene is great. It's like, but that's literally like two minutes yeah. of an entire two yeah. hour movie. That, that, that was cool. My, Sorry, go on. Yeah. Well, my, yeah, yeah, I haven't watched this film in probably about two years at this point. But my memory of this film is that as soon as they're like, cool, we're going to go to Scarif and get the plans, from that point on, the film was really awesome. I might rewatch it now and be like, ah, oh, that's not as good as that. bit where they were climbing up my databank for five minutes. I think. Again, I don't, it's not the, I never said for the record that it was the best part of all Star Wars. No, I know. I'm just, I, I, I just always have, I say always have, it's just always been a thing with people like, yeah. Like eighty percent of last gen of Rogue One sucks, but that last bit, and then you watch the last bit, and it's kind of the same. It's like probably a worse fight scene than like Force or just on par with like all other Star uh, Wars. Uh, I, I, I think it's really. just people like adding up. Like they, they probably re- even though you didn't get enough time to care about them. Really, like the people just like Steve because every cat, all them six cat, I think it was six. Six characters got like a dramatic, quite a dramatic death where it was like all like, slowed down. Like, you know, uh, when Wizard Man went, it was all like quite sad where he got to the ship in time. And then obviously the droid was like defending them and then both of them were hugging at the end. And then the other two. There's always this thing where, you know, people, I think yeah. people liked that, but it's going to be. If you vaguely cared about the characters, then, which no one did, then, like, if the characters had some vague characterization outside of he's the Asian one. He's the pirate one. He's the blind one. Can we play a game in a minute? Can we play the game? Guaranteed Cal's going to be like, actually, I know all of them. No. I know Jin Erso. That's the one I remember. And Kato Erso, I remember the draw. Cassian Andor. Cassian Andor. I didn't, and I was like, that's the guy who's getting a Disney show. I was going to say, I mainly know him because of the Disney show and stuff. I didn't know him from them. And then you've got Riz Ahmed. And then you've got Donnie Yen, the blind one. Then you've got his mate. Then you've maybe got another one. I can't remember. No, it's six, there's, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There's the pilot. There's the not Jedi Jedi, and then there's the not Jedi Jedi's mate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I, I understand if it was like characters you cared about. Uh, I don't know. I also it might be a case of if you're watching like two hours of a really boring movie, then the last like twenty minutes are vaguely good. It seems better, but I don't know. It, it's. Definitely a movie where I'm like, I really love this. I think this could have been great. You just drop the ball in so many places. But I, I look at it and think like, again, I, I don't know who would want more of this, but like, if they did it well, like maybe, maybe if this was like a mini series that had like more hours, you know, to stretch out that, that story. I know it's a simple process of like, oh, how do they get those Death Star plans? But maybe you could have cared more about the characters that could have made like a more interesting plot and concept to how they got them, you know. And yeah, I, Well, this, this does tie into another comment, which I guess we could jump straight to, or we could leave to later. Um... But so male, male crititude said the whole Star Wars series was not great. People just love it because they were kids when it started, so they feel all nostalgic about it. And I kind of do agree if you look at Star Wars as a franchise, when people are like, oh, it's beloved. And it's like, well, the first one is, is good and, revo- and did like revolutionize and did a lot of stuff. But going back and looking at that on paper, it's very simple and very like, you know, the, the acting's not good. Yeah, but... The directing's but, very standard. But like, it's revolutionary, yeah. but... Oh, no, no, back, but, but like I mean, there. but when you then look at, like, Star Trek at the 1977 as well, and, like, I think for its time, it was, like, yeah... It, yeah, I, but I, I would say the difference between Star Wars is you look at the first one, it's boring, and it is terrible. And then you go through and you look at, like, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock. Like, yeah. it, they're all good and different. Whereas you look at Star Wars, it's... The first one is good. It is good, back, but it's good. very basic. The second one's good. The third one, I enjoy it, but it is a step down. 
Then you've got like episode one, which is bad. Episode two, which is awful. Episode three, which is pretty bad. Force Awakens, which is pretty middle of the road. Last Jedi, which is pretty middle of the road to awful. The last one, which is awful. Solo, which is fine. Rogue One, which is maybe fine. The, for a franchise with like 12 movies, the fact that two of them, maybe three, are good, it's kind of like, I do think there's a whole load of nostalgia. And that's fine, but I would say that there's a whole load of nostalgia. And I think that, like you were saying with Rogue One, I think the biggest issue is, is you can't do something different than Star Wars. Like, you look at Marvel and you've got Iron Man, and which is like this kind of, you know, whatever and then you've got Winter Soldier which is this political thriller and then you've got Guardians of Galaxy which is this like comedy-led like cosmic adventure and then you've got Ant-Man which is like kind of a comedy heist but like they're able to do different stuff whereas with Star Wars like you can't really do a Star Wars like all the movies have to be the same like you can't really do an out like straight out Star Wars comedy like you know really like you couldn't do a Guardians of the Galaxy theme in Star Wars because people be like this isn't Star Wars. Well I'm sort of curious though if that's going to change with these I'm not saying in films but like in the new in the new series that they've obviously planned like 30 series maybe they're but trying the to step that, into that more. But then so with Rogue One it's like I do think it, like clearly there are like films like The Dirty Dozen or the classic Inglorious Bastards where it is it's like oh this team come together and they go and but and you care for them and they have like development and that sort of thing. I think the issue is, is that doesn't fall into the traditional Star Wars formula. And so it's like, well, you can't, you know, you can't go too, you can't have to be like too evil. You can't really like go too far off. Like it's all very similar. So it's kind of a thing of, I don't think you can really experiment that much with Star Wars. I don't think it's a franchise is good enough to experiment, which is why we keep getting the same story over and over and over again and the same characters over and over again. But it is that thing of, I, I do, I would say I like Star Wars, but it is a case of out of 12, more than 12 movies, right? Well, no, like technically, 10, 11 If you count movies, like, like movies that have actually fully done, like, are we count, count like, like, Cabin of Courage and stuff? Or? Well, I'm counting like the live, like the movies. Live actions is 11, so. Yeah, so out of 11 movies, I think two are great and then like three are okay. And it's like, that's a pretty bad batting average for... Stall, uh, yeah, I think because there's people Star hate Wars on DC for and be like DC movies suck, and it's like, well, probably more DC, like I Wonder Woman, Shazam, Zack Snyder's Justice League, they're already beating Star Wars of good movies, right? <laughs> like, I don't know, it is weird. I do think there is so much to Star Wars that carries stuff. I, I think, yeah, Star Wars has done incredibly well for the states of the movies. Um. I think it is mostly a culture thing. I just think Star Wars is so everywhere that like it's hard to avoid. Um but yeah, and like I think there's a lot of extra like there's a lot of games and extra mythology and the Clone it's, Wars. It's so and much, I think a lot yeah. about the Mandalorian. A lot of which is actually very good to probably boost up but boost up the movies. It, but yeah, like I it has done I don't get me wrong, I love Star Wars, yeah. but it has done incredibly well for probably the standard of it's, the main it's actually interesting you say that about like all this stuff obviously we know they've made like thousands of books and games and 
everything. And it's funny, those two cats actually, George, that you mentioned, um, in, well, go on, the, um, the blind cats and his friend, they, they, they got a manga series. I've, I read a bit of it and I was like, this is actually generally really good, but this just wasn't in the film. Like, his characters are actually, they, whoever's written this, obviously it wasn't done by the same, but whoever watched manga clearly has written a more better story and the cost of his characters than this film did. But no one obviously knows Olga's going to read that manga probably except me. But you know what I mean? Like, well, it's like it's like the Darth Vader run in the comics is like genuinely yeah. really, really oh, uh, good. Yeah, Vader Mortal and stuff. Like. Uh, the more recent one, I can't remember yeah. who wrote it. But this Even in like Force Leash, that was a cool concept for Vader. So sorry, I haven't gone for one, but yeah. Yeah. But no, I would agree with what uh, male critude yeah. says of I think everyone is introduced to Star Wars as a kid and then they just kind yeah. of hold on to that like, but yeah I, I do agree with that but I think it's kind of like saying uh, like we we admit some films we watch aren't good but we watch, we watch many ways so like I mean Alex I'm most likely going to go see Fast and Furious 9 doesn't mean we think it's a good film we think it's terrible but like I'm still going to watch it Alex probably going to watch it I'm going to love it and it's going to be awesome exactly but we know it's, it's a terrible film we're going to watch it no matter what it's going to make money because of us you know what I mean like yeah. but people don't do that with Star Wars like people get really defensive and like, like The Last Jedi is kind of proof I don't know. Oh, that's not a bad movie. We but still went, like, but we but we saw that and still went and saw Rise of Skywalker. We still did it. Yeah, and then Rise of Skywalker is awful. And then they're like, "Well, we're still going to keep going." And yeah, exactly. Like, cool. yeah. And then getting passionate about it, and it's like, but the last movie was all like genuinely awful. Like not eh, kind of bad. It was Rise of Skywalker awful. actually made Last Jedi look pretty good. I don't think Last Jedi is that bad. I was mixed. I actually bits, I haven't yeah. watched. I watched it once in the cinema, and I haven't actually rewatched it. Since. But I will throw out a lot of stuff that I'm like, this is weird, this is bad. But a lot of that is kind of like, I don't. Whenever I start talking about Last Jedi, I'm like, I enjoyed it, and I think about it, and I'm like, well, actually, all of this sucked about it, but I didn't go away hating it. Like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah, no, I didn't particularly. But I I mean like I think the Last Jedi may be tried and failed, whereas. Rise of Skywalker didn't try and still failed. Yeah. Also, the Rise of Skywalker kind of tried to fix problems that arguably were there, but by doing so, kind of ruined everything else that came before it. The... Mm. Yeah, they just seemed to be retconning each other. It was very weird. Uh, another one that I think would be controversial, because I think you two will disagree <laughs> with me, is Woodhouse Owner, at Woodhouse Owner, says Quentin Tarantino and his films are highly overrated. No. I think they're great. I think they're a bit overrated. End the conversation, right? So next one. <laughs> I am... Um, I am somewhere in the middle, to be fair. I think a lot of his films are really, really good. And I think a lot of his films are good. Um, yeah. I'm not super, super attached to Quentin Tarantino, in all honesty. When I say I agree I'm, he's overrated, it would be a thing of, I think Reservoir Dog and Pulp Fiction are great. They are like truly fantastic movies. And then Jackie Brown is probably his best movie. I really like it. But then you were like, I think you mentioned Jackie Brown, so that's going to come later. <laughs> but then you've got like Kill Bill, which is fine. Like it's, it's a lot of style over substance. Then you've got Inglorious Bastards, which I quite like, but I don't think it's like fantastic. And then I don't really care for Django. And then Hateful Eight is kind of interesting, but not great. And Once Upon a Time Molly was quite boring. I think his later stuff, where he's kind of mellowed out a little bit in terms of his like filmmaking, kind of think 
I, yeah, is. I, this is really good. I really enjoy it. The fact that it's like being hailed as one of the best films of all time, I think, is largely because of Pop yeah. Fiction and Reservoir Dog and kind of Jackie Brown. Like, I, especially I something like mean, Kill Bill. I think a lot of that is this is done by Quentin Tarantino, and it's like cool. Yeah. I think if you took out the first two films, like if you took out Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, I think they're the first two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, I don't think he'd have ever hit the highs that he is now. Yeah, I think he would still. I think he would be like a David Lynch of a really good filmmaker, but someone who, like, I think general audiences don't know about. The fact that I constantly see articles being like Quentin Tarantino's top movies, Quentin Tarantino's top TV shows. This is what Quentin Tarantino thinks about music. This is what Quentin. It's like, why do we? Like, I, I get if you like him, you follow it, but I do think, I agree, if you took out Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs, that maybe he would have been more of like a, a lot of people like him, he does good stuff, but isn't like, yeah, hey, because if you stop someone in the street, I would probably say, I'm like, hey, name five directors, probably, people would probably say, Steven Spielberg, Quentin Tarantino, like, they, he would be the second. Yeah, probably. But I, I don't think he would be there if it wasn't for his earlier stuff. Which yeah. is kind of fun. I think that's kind of the same as Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at Spielberg now. And yeah, like, if, 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 like, yeah, I think no matter what, if you make Jurassic Park, E.T. E. and like Indiana Jones, you're going to be up there for your life, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. And George Lucas. George Lucas made four movies and three of them suck. But, you know, he's still kind of considered a great director or brought up with directors. And it's like, well... He's only directed like a handful. Of, well, he didn't make Look, American Graffiti, which is quite good. Not gonna lie, with George Lucas, I don't really think of. I know he is, but I don't really think. When I first think of I don't think of director. I just think of Star Wars. Is all I think of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. true. But again, I think if you stop it, like a parent in the street and like name directors, like my parents, they would probably be like uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, George Lucas. Quite a, like they're kind of just like buzz words for directors no, but I also Tarantino. Like, I think for me, like, I just love him so much because well, I think it's because like me and my mum watch. Like, my mum like basically put me on Tarantino films. I probably watched them when I was way too young. We both love the films. She even like when this film. I remember like I saw Hate Flight. I watched Django. So I was way too young. She used to get in the cinema when I was too young to go see these films. I wanted to see. Like, I first saw Django when I was like fifteen or something. Um, but yeah, like yeah. I, I, I just love those, um, those those films. And yeah, I I personally appreciate all of them. And not gonna lie. I love what I love pop fiction, but they're actually not my favourites, ironically, for some, some people. Yeah. But yeah, because I, and also, like, I was even with Kill Bill, but Kill Bill, I just, again, I, I've also watched a lot of like the, those like, old Hong Kong films, they kind of do that. And I like mm. some stuff. I'm not saying they're great either, but like, I just like that it captured that sort of flair. But yeah, no. Uh, I, I feel fair enough that. It's, I suppose it's fair enough that not everyone wants that. And then, um, yeah. I, and I, Hollywood, I really, really enjoyed somehow. Like, I loved before I was born, but I actually walked out there and went, that did it for like three hours, and everyone was like, it's so dead. I was like, okay. It's a very weird film. That's another Rogue One where it's like, the last scene is really good. The rest of that movie... The last scene's bonkers. What's the point of this? There's no point in this movie. Like, <laughs> I think no characters going. develop, nothing happens. It's just like, so incredibly pointless. But uh, Another one here, which I don't know if this is... Well, I suppose it's kind of controversial. But um, CatAngie22 said, Mission Impossible movies are better than James Bond movies. Someone had to say it. What do you think? I I think it probably depends because there's been 22 coming up 23 James Bond movies to six Mission Impossible movies, right? Yeah. And I think within that, James Bond has probably had more highs, but definitely had more lows. Uh, 
It might not have even had more highs. It might have had equal highs. I know you can't argue like this because I haven't seen a lot of Mission Possible films. I can't argue. Have you not seen? It, it... Do you know what? I've seen the first one, and then the fourth one onwards, and I've seen bits of two and three when I they think come up on TV. I've seen the first one and thought this is meh. I think then I, then I think I saw Ghost Protocol. That's the fourth one. Yeah, I yeah, thought that was cool. meh, and I heard obviously Fallout, and that's amazing. I just haven't seen them yet. I, I, I said to you guys, that was yeah. good. Like, it's not. See, for for me, I would definitely say that I prefer James Bond. It's way more iconic for me. Um, so... Admittedly, you can pick some really bad James Bond films that I'm sure are worse than any of the Mission Impossible films. I'm surposed that's, that's the comparison. I thought they would have done, like, Jason Bourne, maybe. You know, like, as a. Comparison to I don't think, I yeah, think it's, it's like the English like, versus American version. Well, also, I think it's the thing if you say spy movies, people probably say Jason Bourne and Mission, uh, James Bond and Mission Impossible, like straight yeah. away. Like, I think they're the two you kind of instantly yeah. gravitate to when you say spy movies. But I would, I don't know, it's the thing that I kind of agree that James Bond has run for so long and there are like good movies now. And it's also so movies. varied in quality as well. Yes. Yeah, but I would say if you're looking at like the modern ones, I would kind of say Mission Impossible is better. <laughs> Like, if you kind of take it from when Mission Impossible started to now, I would say Mission Impossible's better. Because I think the first one is is kind of this weird, like, very complicated, kind of unnecessarily complicated, odd movie. But I do think it's good. The second one is pretty bad. And the third one's not great. It's fine. you got Philip Seymour Hoffman being pretty cool. But then I would say from, like, four onwards they've kind of been consistently great. Whereas I'd say with Daniel Craig's Bond, you've got Casino Royale, which as time goes by, I get more into. When I first saw it, I hated it. And then now I'm like, well, I still think there's like huge problems with it, but generally I quite enjoy it. And then you've got like Quantum Souls, which is pretty bad. You've got Skyfall, which is great. Then you've got Spectre, which is bad. And then you've got... Hopefully better. Doesn't hopefully die, which awesome. hopefully by this pattern should be great. Hopefully yeah. should be great. I, I, do, I would say that I think Mission Impossible is like way more consistent and also way more fun like as a spy movie. Like I think the thing with James Bond, especially Daniel Craig, because they had Pierce Brosnan doing awful cheesy movies beforehand and kind of Austin Powers. They were like, well, we'll move away from spies and we'll kind of move away from all of that. And... We'll try as hard as we can to not make it a James Bond movie. Whereas I think Mission Impossible is kind of like, yeah, we're gonna like we're gonna do fake masks and we're gonna do like these crazy stunts of like hanging off a building or holding onto the side of a plane and we're gonna do these like crazy weird plots and like he's trying to get a nuclear device. Whereas James Bond is more like trying to go realistic and trying to go like, oh, it's not this huge fun adventure romp. It's like a personal movie about vengeance against an oil company. It's like, well, that's not, that's not really that fun, is it? Well, if you're comparing the modern, the, the Daniel Craig era, then yeah, I guess. But I don't know. Like, the thing is, is I think Casino Royale and Skyfall, I love those films. And I think they are, I much prefer them to any of the new Mission Impossible films. However, on the other hand, Quantum of Solace and Spectre, pretty awful. Uh, and I would not rather watch them to the Mission Impossible films. So I think, yeah, like James Bond is, currently is like great but shit, I, I, great I think, shit. Whereas Mission Impossible is pretty consistently good or great. If you were going to rank them, it kind of goes like Quantum of Solace, Spectre, all of the Mission Impossible movies, yeah. Casino Royale, Skyfall. Yeah, and it's so like, of like I think that I I think probably like eight. 
times out of 10, I would rather sit down. If someone's like, hey, do you want to watch a movie? I'd rather sit down and watch a Mission Impossible film because I think they're more, I they're more kind of comedic. They're more kind of enjoyable. They're easy, more kind e- of like easy to watch action. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. They're more like blockbustery. Whereas yeah. I think James Bond is way do, more like... Do you know what, actually? I, I figured, well, I, I figured it out, guys. If we're comparing the modern three Mission Impossibles to the modern four James Bond, the Daniel Craig James Bond films, is if you went, hey, here are the selection of Daniel Craig, James Bond, and new Mission Impossible films. Which do you want to watch? I would pick either Skyfall or Casino Royale. But if you went, hey, do you want to binge watch all of these films or all of these films? I would pick Mission Impossible because then I wouldn't have to watch Quantum of Solace Inspector. Well, no, because I think that depends. Because if someone was like, hey, we're like, you know, it's a Friday night, we're going to meet up, we're going to grab some pizzas or something, and we kind of want to watch an action movie, what would you rather watch? I would probably pick one of the four modern. I... Than the Casino Royale, because I'm like, we're going to have to sit through about two and a half hours of someone playing cards in a really boring fashion, and I don't want to go through it. Like, whereas Mission Impossible, I think, is like moves at much more of a clip. So, That's what I mean. Of like, I do think Casino yeah, Royale no, is by far better yeah. movies, That's, that's me. but I think. Yeah. I, I feel like the older Bonds um, you can sit down and watch because I remember like uh, when uh, 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 George I mean you watched Doctor No and Goldfinger and yeah, well, good, good, good watching that. Wasn't, we didn't have to pay too much attention oh, to what I found Goldfinger's great true but yeah. I, I do think you have that hump of they are a bit cheesy and like, hmm. like I, I think Mission Impossible is a modern adaption of those movies yeah. where I think you have like Casino Royale or Goldfinger where he like does the awkward walk down the stairs in the jail cell and the prison's like and opens the door and he escapes and it's like all kind of bad stunt work which is enjoyable but very dated mm. I think Mission Impossible is like we're going to take that and do it over where he's hanging on the side of a plane or he's like climbing the building and yeah. stuff like that I think that is way more I think Mission Impossible kind of embodies the spirit of classic James Bond way more than actual James Bond does yeah. because they were like we need to get away as far away from this as we possibly can yeah, although James Bond has done, like, serious in the past, because they keep kind of zipping between the two. Well, kind of, you had Timothy Dalton, but you only had two. Yeah. Right. He's pretty good, though. He, he's, like, the fifth best Bond. <laughs> really? I think Roger Moore is the worst. Timothy Dalton is... Huh? He's probably the worst. I don't honestly uh, say, like... He's uh, not, well, aside the worst, from George Lazenby, he only did the one. Yeah, that... Joe did the one, but I quite like Joe Lazenby. I don't think he's done yeah, it. Yeah, most most people do. I think Timothy Dalton is the one that always gets like shit on because he's not very right. good. <laughs> I, I mean, that is the thing. Worse. I don't think he's bad, but he is my one of my least favorites. Yeah. If I had to rank the others, he is going to be at the bottom. Yeah, I feel like you kind of have either Joe Lazenby or Timothy Dalton at the bottom. There's a lot of people after that, but. Pierce Brosnan, and then you kind of have Roger Moore, Sean Connery, and Daniel Craig is kind of yeah. normally in the top three, I would say. Yeah. For a lot of people. They would probably be my top three, yeah. Uh, here's an opinion that I don't know if... I don't know if we'll agree with or not. I think I do, but... Uh, Jeff Sarcastic says, Goodfellas is better than all three Godfather movies. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I have to admit that I actually haven't seen the Godfather films. I knew that was coming. That's why I was like, I don't know if we'll also, Alex, like, found... Alex hasn't seen it. But... Alex also found enough. They're fucking long. I, I, don't, I, have seen, I have seen Goodfellas <laughs> and I did really enjoy Goodfellas. Yeah. So it's yeah, they, I would say Godfell... Godfellas. Uh, Godfather <laughs> is... Godfather 1 and 2 
especially one. Uh, I think one is better than two. Uh, but they are movies where I'm like, sit down, watch them once, and then kind of be like... That's it, I've watched them, I've been for my full bucket list. I've said you what those films are, not gonna Yeah, lie. I think they are movies where it's like, I would recommend putting them on and watching them once and maybe like indulging them. And if you really like them, go for it. But they are, and then it's like, and then move on. Like, I don't know. It is kind of, I do think they are really well-made movies, but when they're totally, it's like the best film of all time, I'm like, Oh no, I will admit, like those, like at the time when they were getting like these best pictures, like, I get it, but like they're not the best films of all time. I think that's really good. That one, that's one I rewatched loads. Yeah. It's weird. The fact that it's like best movies of all time, it's like Shawshank Redemption. Like, okay. Con- controversial. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I think like it's a bit like Forrest Gump, where I'm like, this is a fine movie. I don't think it's that good. It's just weird that. It's then been excelled to one of the best movies of all time. Like on a lot of the lists, it's like best movies of all time. Sure, Shepard Redemption. It's like okay, I don't really understand that. Uh, another movie that's up there. Let's segue. Uh, ben Ouvlet, uh says the Dark Knight is the most overrated movie of all time. Discuss. I I I think. <laughs> That's interesting because not gonna lie, I I always hear people go, oh, it's so good. Like I hear it say online, it's in these list of these like top rated film stuff. Yeah, but no one I know ever talks about it. That's the thing. I don't really get. I don't really see the hype around it. Do you know what I mean? I I know it's a good film, but I I hear it on these lists. But like like you guys, I know you guys go, guys, when you watch Dark Knight, it's like the best super Batman film. See, I, I do. I know people who like talk about that, or I know that like that is a conversation that happens a fairish amount. There are people who like really champion that movie, and I think it's good. Um. I don't know. It is a thing of. I like because someone also said. Did I write it down? Oh yeah, uh, Shwebe seventy two also said Inception isn't that good, and I kind of feel a bit like Christopher Nolan is one of those directors who's kind of lost on me. Of I'm like I really he he does really good movies. I really like his movies, but I kind of feel that a lot of his movies are kind of held in quite prestige and uh thank you Alex. Uh, <laughs> uh, where i'm like these are really good but i i, I don't know it's always i think like tenet where it's like tenet's coming out it's going to save cinema and it's going to be amazing and then it's fine it's like well this is just like every other christopher Nolan movie or like inception or I think the it's dark knight series where i'm like these are really good movies I they're think really it's... well made i really do like them i think it's because like, people it's... champion them this is like instead of like Tenet and um, like Inception, more like technical marvels, and it's like like watching Tenet, I'm I'm all sat there in awe of the like visuals. Then the story not gonna lie, still didn't, I think the comes great, but I'm all suddenly going like, oh God, how did they shoot that? Like you know all these backward shots. Well, that's what I mean. If I do really like, I'm also pouring another coffee. If people in here, uh, I really do like those movies. It's just one of those things where, and people when people are like ah, oh, The Dark Knight is one of the best movies of all time or whatever. I'm like, I understand why, totally understand why, totally understand why Germany it. Just for me, I've never been I've never been on the Nolan train. I'm like, he's he's a really good filmmaker, I really like his movies. But if I was saying favourite directors, I didn't think I'd ever really mention Nolan until I got to like the end of the list. Uh, see, I I really like Christopher Nolan. So, although I do really like the Dark Knight films. Admittedly, like, I haven't watched them in ages because they're not I guess it's like Generally, if I'm in the mood to watch a superhero film, kind of like you were saying about Mission Impossible, is you want to watch like a blockbuster where you can like be like, ah, oh, let's watch something that's kind of funny, fun to watch, shooty shooty. And now we have mass choices of what you watch. 
Um, whereas the Dark Knight's like, oh, do you want to watch a three-hour dark, gritty film? Which sometimes I do, but that more I need to be in the mood for that. Weirdly, I th- think that I actually prefer Batman Begins. That might be a controversial opinion. Probably is, actually, yeah. I yeah. can't agree with that, though. I would, I would say I prefer Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, yeah, I really like that whole trilogy. Um, it's interesting to say because when I was younger, I'm looking at now. But when I was younger, I generally read what the Dark Knight Rises was one of my favourites at the time. That's when I first saw. It. I really enjoyed that because like, I think because I love, I love I, Bane yeah. in it. I love that. I love Bane as a character in general. Yeah, yeah. I I remember watching it with some friends who came out. And like... I love. Yeah, but I, I was. That, I was yeah, but when you look back, George, to, 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 to when I came out and like some mates were like 15. That we were all sat there going like, I was born and we did our impressions of it, you know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I mean, it's like such a weird, terrible decision. I don't know. I thought everyone said, "Oh, I couldn't say what we said." And I went, "Are you deaf?" Well, it wasn't necessarily that. It was all the fact of who sees Bane and is like, "I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a Sean Connery impression." That's kind of <laughs> it, also got. It's like Sean Connery impression if you're sucking your tongue. I, I, I would admit at the, at the time when it comes to like sort of like those films coming out, and then you had like the Batman Arkham series coming out, and you had like, and in Arkham Origins, he was like, you had a Mexican accent. It's like. It's such different interpretations of Bane, yeah. isn't it? Well, that, that was the thing, is the Dark Knight went for like, hey, here's this kind of gritty, semi-realistic version of Batman. Um, Why did George laugh at me say gritty? Also, was it... <laughs> you have to notice that. I, I had a teacher who was like, gritty doesn't mean anything. Gritty means that there was... So, like... I just saw you laughing when he said that. I was like, what's my No, I, I know. Well, it's just a thing of... Because I, I had a lecturer who would, every time I was like, oh, this is gritty, it would be like, it's not gritty. Gritty just means that old films used to sometimes get gritted. And that, like, it doesn't mean anything. And that every time someone's like, gritty, I always laugh and think of him, like, flipping well, out. So like, every it, time you know, someone says... Stop saying it. It's, it's like, yeah. But, but as in, like, as in... I know what you mean. I, I have consequences, yeah. which a lot of superhero films, they're like... Nah, there's not really any consequences. It ends and everyone's like, well, good, we wrap that up. Um, but yeah, also, I think at, for the time, was the Dark Knight series the first, like, properly great superhero movies? No. Since... Spider-Man. Because ba- Batman had existed. Yeah, Batman and X-Men. Yeah. Fantastic oh, yeah, Four. Okay. And... <laughs> no, I was going to say since the, like... Original. I suppose you could argue I mean, most, most acclaimed. Most, most acclaimed. Two thousand five, I think. So it was the yeah. best superhero movie since Fantastic Four, which came out the year before. I would agree with that. No, it's way better than Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four is still a good movie, though. It's fun. Yeah, but is it like that's not. That's what I mean. I'm not saying it's the best. I'm saying. No, no, but is in superhero movies like... were good up till two thousand four, yeah, yeah. and then it came out two thousand five, and they were good again. Like true, but as in I was more more like as in good as in properly well made not like fun but as in like you know how everyone's like like the winter soldier is a properly well made film like that kind of thing i I don't get that line of like what does well made mean does that mean like an acclaimed film like like yeah acclaimed i don't know whatever you it was definitely the first time i guess an auteur uh filmmaker was taking on a oh good word george like or uh prestigious uh, I've only given it new ones. I'm not again. It also didn't really work because I had to say it's just on the end. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I would maybe agree with that. It was the first time that, like, I guess, like, a serious director was taking on. Yeah, oh, uh, uh, wait, wait, was that a water series line as well, or was that something else? Well, I think it's a thing of like, there's no such thing as technically a serious director. <laughs> no, no, I meant but... serious and joke, joke. Was that a pun or? Mm. Oh, what? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Oh, no, clearly, clearly not. Clearly not. <laughs> clearly not though. But yeah, you know I mean, like it was the first time, like an actual, yeah, I say an actual, a uh, more 
prestigious auteur director. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with that one. I don't think Dark Knight is overrated. Mostly because we're agreeing with a lot of these supposedly controversial opinions. I would agree in that I think it is the most overrated uh, movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I, I think. Uh, well, I think it's good, but I think it's probably the most overrated. I think the most overrated film of all time's got to be Avatar, surely. That's true. There is another one that says about Avatar, but I was just like, no. We, I think we've out of interest, George. We've also discussed that. Have already. you got? any controversial opinions that you don't share because i've noticed you've picked out these so you can be like oh lots. people on the internet have said this but i think they're yours i have i've got a bunch but i'm very aware of time so we can but everything so far george has said though is stuff that it's not just him saying that i can see everyone thinking it's yeah, so far, yeah. like... uh at sir bold unless he said the princess bride was garbage go wash your mouth out you peasant uh, <laughs> Frederico Falso said the Lord of the Rings is boring and irritating. Oh, fuck off. You're boring and irritating. I've seen the first one. You've not seen Lord of the Rings? Mm. No, we've, we just, know we've already had this debate like five times, Callum. I forget everything. Yeah. It just shocks me how you can not watch Lord of the Rings. Uh, Belmore, I watched MC. one and it was long and not that good. Great. It's fantastic. Shut up. Yeah, but that's. Uh, Alex likes the movie Drive or whatever it is. Drive. Right. I do like Drive. With, I don't know Chris, with Chris Evans. Chris Hemsworth. Rush. That's boring. Talk about boring movies. I'll say, uh, I'll say Drive, Drive isn't bad. Drive isn't bad. But have you seen Rush? Oof. Uh, Belmore MC says The Mummy 1999 is a masterclass of entertainment movie, something that Hollywood has forgotten this last decade in that area. I would disagree with that. I think it's a, I think it's a fun film. I think it is a masterclass of entertainment. Yeah, I was I gonna say, say I'm assuming you mean you you're disagreeing with the Yeah, I would say that like Guardians pretty accurately captures that. Mm -hmm. I would kind of say a lot of the MCU does. Fast and Furious kind of does. Like Kong versus Godzilla kind of does. The, I do think the Mummy 999 is a masterclass of entertainment. Uh, I don't know if it's a, a lost art necessarily. Uh, Godzilla versus Kong. So I may say that because you did, you did, you did that to me once. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Moondolph says Harry Potter movies suck. Uh, oh, I like the Harry Potter movies. They're fun. They're yeah. not like, I don't like them enough that I, I would stand here and like... I, yeah, they're no, definitely a thing I, where I'm like, I, I appreciate them. That they are, I, I, I do have I, nostalgia. I, I hold in my heart the same way I tell you Star Wars. That's how I see Star Wars. Yeah, like, yeah. I would kind of say that. I've, Harry Potter movies are... We never went to cinema as a whole family that often, but we would always go to Harry Potter, and that's kind of holds a special <laughs> place. But it is like looking at them, I'm like, oof, these are not good movies. And considering how much people champion them, I'm like, oof. Also, can we all say you can have your favourite, but objectively the, the third, third one's the best? best. Yeah. Can we just say, like, you can have your favourite. You can say four, the fourth one's my favourite, but the third one is the best. The best, like, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I agree. I think that is fact. pretty pretty agreed upon, yeah. yeah. I Personally, I like the second one. It's the big snake. And the final one. one. <laughs> I like steak. The, the final comment I'll bring up that I do agree with is Beth, Bethany, Betty, I can't remember really right. Bethany, Bethany Bell 87 said, Stardust is a criminally underrated movie. Shout out to my high school film teacher, Mr. Hudak, for introducing me to this movie. He's doing good work, Mr. Hudak. Stardust is fantastic. I've not seen Stardust. I think I've seen Stardust years and years ago. I don't really Stardust is genuinely fantastic. I've seen bits of it. Probably the best. Uh, I was going to say probably the best Robert De Niro uh, performance. 
you know, you can take and shove it. It's Stardust. And Godfather and Tax Charlie's but Charlie Cox is, you know, everyone's like, oh, he's a good devil. He's not. He's a good guy in Stardust. I can't represent. <laughs> <laughs> that really fell wet. He's a good guy. Guy in Stardust. <laughs> Charlie Cox, top of his IMDb list, guy in Stardust. Stardust, Stardust genuinely is a movie where I'm like, this is fantastic. And it kind of does suck that it kind of came out and kind of got washed away a bit. But yeah, that was the last of controversial looking in. That I had written down. That was fun. Well, I, I mean, I have others, but I didn't say them. Someone said Love Actually is shite. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it can't, I, I wish it every year it was a fun film, but it is pretty shite. Like, it is. Uh, so, should we move on to our review this week? Yes. Let's do it. So, our theme this month, uh, for those of you who didn't watch the last episode, you should go back, uh, is book adaptations. So I picked the 1995 movie, Congo, which is based off of the Michael Creighton novel of the same name, as per tradition. Callum, have you read the book? Not this one, no. Shock. What about the way Congo? Well, no, it's okay. Michael Creighton is probably the best, my favourite author. Good for you. Uh, But yeah, it's directed by Frank Marshall uh, and written... But I can't remember who wrote that. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that. It's based on Michael Crown, but it has Lauren Lenny, Dylan Walsh, Ed Hudson, and Tim Curry. It kind of follows uh, an expedition of uh, adventurers who are kind of all going on this expedition for various reasons, but they're trying to get to this mythical lost city, uh, which houses a series of very rare and expensive diamonds and kind of encounter various obstacles and setbacks along the way um so Callum, what did you think of Congo? i think it's a, it's, it's a really fun film i actually quite quite enjoyed it overall i, I, I think i've all once at all and um i'm not saying it's like an amazing film but like it's just, it's just really fun to watch like obviously it's some really cheesy and like really weird bits in there but like overall it's half it's quite quite fun set piece a set pieces go is pretty good like even the gorilla obviously i know it's got completely fake but it worked for the sort of tone of the film i thought you know the actual like creature effects and yeah, I thought Tim Curry's pretty, 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 pretty funny, and I liked him. Uh, Lord Winnie, d- d- it's fine. And then I found that the two main, Lord Winnie and um, uh, uh, Dylan Walsh, sort of just Lord Winnie was better, but Dylan Walsh especially was just sort of there, sort of just that was just his, his character. Whereas, and then um, uh, Annie, Annie, Annie Hudson, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant <laughs> in soul film. Yeah, yeah, that's I really like the film. That's my sort of initial. Well, I would kind of, I'll get to you, Alex. Sorry, because skips your go but i just want to say i i I, this is obviously a michael Crichton book um and his other famous probably his most famous book uh jurassic park was released i've I've read that one (laughs) was released like previously and it this definitely feels a lot like they're kind of trying to do the next jurassic park and in some cases that's a positive in some cases that's a negative where i think you kind of look at jurassic park and you have sam neill who had done a lot of stuff but wasn't really a leading man and then you had um blanking on the name who plays ellie oh, ellie yeah oh. jurassic park oh uh why am i forgetting the name ah uh... 
Anyway, you had. I want to say her name is Laura. Laura Dern. Laura Dern, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah, Laura Dern. I also, I was like, it's Laura something. Yeah. <laughs> but like, she, she'd done a lot of like, uh, Ken Loach films, but wasn't like a big star. Then you had like Jeff Goldblum, who kind of was, but you, you, this felt a lot like that, where they were like, oh, we'll get, try and get the two leads who are kind of like relatively unknown. And it's a little bit like, maybe if they weren't going for that and hired some, uh, Maybe bigger names, it might have done better because I do think the two leads like the weakest part. But Alex, yeah. what do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> for a little peek behind the curtain, I looked up and saw that I had the book on my shelf and was like, I'll get that as a fun reveal. And then Callum stopped recording because I didn't say anything. I did yeah, you just off. you just left and I went, well, he's not here. Why would I keep like, recording? And then just now, in my excitement to yeah, reveal it, it to it, the new audience, I punched myself on the side it, of the head. He literally the just ran off and then we actually said, like, uh, is, is it an emergency? Is he, is he like, is he hurt? Like, was... Yeah. No, no keep behind the curtain there. And then I ruined the second reveal to the actual audience where I hit myself yeah. in the head with a book. Anyway, Alex, what do you think of Congress? Uh... Yeah, I don't. I don't know how good the movie is from a, like a, you know, all together. But it's real fun. It's it's real good fun to watch. It's. I think it's a bit of a Fast and Furious. Where if I think about it, the movie's probably not that good, but it is very fun. So I don't really care. Um, I think the lead dude is a bit shit. The character is dull and boring. And yeah, he's just a bit of an asshole, and his mate I always forget is there. But if you take them out of it, I mean, you need someone for Amy, but you know, tend to take them out of it. And yeah, it's just real good fun. Um, I like how they appear to have picked accents out of the hat. It is pretty great. So in the book, because Sean Connery did the Great Train Robbery, which is another Michael Crichton adaptation, which is also really good. Uh, Everything Michael Crichton has done is fantastic. Um, but I, I vaguely remember, and I'm basing this off of like old knowledge, that Sean Connery was in that, so he wrote a... In Congo, he wrote a part that he was like, if this gets adapted, I want it to be Sean Connery, which is Ernie Hudson's character. So I guess that's why Ernie Hudson is kind of doing an English accent. And then, yeah, I don't know why Tim Curry is doing like a weird Transylvania. The way, the amount of times he says, I'm from Romania, that makes me think that he just decided on the spot. He was like, I'm going to put an accent and I'm going to add from Romania into my lines so that everyone else has a vague idea of what I'm doing. It kind of worked for the cat, it's not going to lie. It's it's weird. It's so weird and enjoyable. I do agree. This movie is one of those movies where I think it did okay at the box office, but not great. And then critically was kind of hated and kind of disappeared. But I do really love it. Like, while I said it was my favourite Michael Crichton adaption, that's probably not true. I do think Jurassic Park was better. I don't think this is a million miles off Jurassic Park. Like, it's really fun. The adventure's kind of enjoyable. All I think all, like, it's well... I do think it's well shot. It's a little bit plain at times, but it's well shot. All of the creatures, like the hippo and Amy, are... Yeah genuinely really really good i just want to say as well to, to listeners or watchers um that uh, especially i watched film but george always mentions it he's wanted to mention it to me like for five years now because i've met my uni and i didn't get to watch it because i think like yeah and it, the only time you ever pulled it up was because of one amazing man who's in the film for like five seconds which is bruce campbell and george mm-hmm. he's like the best bruce campbell film like it's like the second best bruce campbell film is congo or something like that and they'll be like you see him for like two minutes 
Yes. Might be the second best film that Bruce Campbell is in. Doesn't mean it's his best film. Yeah. I mean, me and Alex have ended up watching this movie together twice. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. I do just think it's a really fun, again, in kind of the same way Jurassic Park is, where it's this weird kind of somewhat cheesy, but still kind of trying to be realistic sci-fi adventure movie that has all these kind of weird larger life characters and has this fun adventure and I think that like it is well shot there are some moments when like you could have probably like jazzed this up a bit but it is well shot I think also for being released in 95 it doesn't rely on CG which is really positive like you look at something like I don't know Mortal Kombat or other 90s movies that come out where it's like we're going to do this character all CG because we can like there are obviously CG shots, but for the most part, it's still kind of practical in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. The actual like, I know they're not great, but the grill costumes, I think overall, like the grill costumes, I think are genuinely fantastic. Not bad, yeah. yeah. Like it is the thing of you, it, like I was saying that Alex, I think it was like you can obviously tell that that's not a real monkey. You can tell that is a suit. But if you're immersed in the film, which for the most part you are, yeah. you kind of do forget. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I do wish that like they got like maybe like a better. I know you obviously you don't necessarily need it for this sort of film, but like a better performance in the in the acting the suit, I guess. Because I hate that every single like sign language thing is just this. Everything. Every, yeah, it, there it, was... These meant like thirty different words. Yep. There <laughs> what, was one yeah. sign for Amy, and then one sign for every other word in the uh, English Amy, language. Friends, Amy. They're Amy. over there. <laughs> Yeah. Amy well, Green, Amy that way. I that genuinely way. can't remember, but I don't think in the I think in the book Amy just speaks sign language. That they added the device, the virtual reality device, probably because virtuality was starting yeah, to it, become yeah, a big that, thing. Oh, actually, it was funny actually. I th- I think I know why actually because the same year or year before that, the virtual boy was becoming a big thing or it was a big like concept. I think that's what they're trying. Yeah. To, like, everyone's trying to use. When did Lawnmower Man come out? Was Lawnmower Man around this time? I think it was actually that, 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 that was ninety four, wasn't it? That's one of the nineties. Yeah, but that's, like I do think, and I also I think they probably added it because it was like uh, we've got the gorilla costume, but we can't get and, finger dexterity to be like that glove that remind me of the Nintendo Power Glove from ninety three. It looks just like that. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I do. I do think it was probably that, but also I do. I, I would imagine some of it is we can't get a monkey to actually, or we can't get the 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 costume to be able to yeah. do finger dexterity enough to sign language. And again, the answer to that is either do it practically with Amy just waving the hand about, or try and CG it, which in 95, I'm like, I'm so glad they didn't. But like the, the destruction of the temple at the end, obviously like the lava is CG and stuff, but like when they're running and all the earth is like falling apart moving, that is all practical. That like, yeah. it looks really good again. I. There's definitely a world where this was like, we're going to try and do it all CG or a ton of CG. And I think they use it sparingly enough that like the sequences are all really good. I like the adventure and like the issues they face. Sorry, I just want to mention one thing. I just remember this. You know when, in, sorry, I know I missed again last time. In Lexfair, when, when, when they were like, he was talking and then they heard it, like, oh, the good speaking, I was thinking, but then if someone's on stage reading the, the sign language, would that just be the same as like, oh, the good speaking? If you're someone who's better, yeah, I was... look at it and say that. Yeah, yeah, I was saying that to to George of like, it's a weird thing because they were like, oh my god, the gorilla can talk. And I'm like, no, no, the gorilla can sign language. That's the impressive bit. And then the other impressive bit is that you've got a machine that converts sign language um, into Stephen Hawking. So yeah, I just want to mention that. 
those those two are kind of independent, pretty impressive things, but they've put them together and been like, the gorilla can talk. And I was like, that's not, I mean, that is impressive, but it's not like the sign, I mean, the gorilla can yeah. sign language is more impressive than the gorilla can talk. I suppose. But I mean, when you say the gorilla can talk, you are kind of taking into account sign language. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like the, the, no, but they're the all is... impressed because the machine is translating, but actually just the sign language is the impressive bit, really. Yeah. But maybe they've already shown AP sign language. Like it, it takes a while to teach an ape to yeah. sign language. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. when it's two actions. Apes also can't paint that well. They, pre- they, they can't paint that well. <laughs> that was too good yeah. for an ape or gorilla ever. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know how the glove knows when it's. Uh, me and George are joking about this. I don't know how the glove knows when it's on. Because she yeah, has the Amy glove on so often and she's, she's just moving like, around. Amy, friend, and then she starts moving it, she'll be like, butter, biscuits, leftovers. <laughs> like, every time she moves it, she should just be saying random words. I think George might be hungry. It's three random words. I don't know. I was trying to think of random words. Was... <laughs> like, lunch, lunch. <laughs> Pencil, dish, sign language, leftover. Like, just as she's moving around, are you eating a banana? Pancake, pancake, pancake. <laughs> Oh, the yeah, as were, a... so the fitness world were like they were like parachuting out and they're gonna just hold on to it. I was like, I simply couldn't even do that. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. it stoned or whatever, wasn't it? It was knocked out. It was stoned, mm-hmm. uh... but it's also a thing of like in Jurassic Park, you know, like we added frog DNA so they can change genders. And it's like, right, it, th- there's certain sci fi albums where you just like, cool, this is sure. a fun adventure yeah. movie, but yeah. I don't know, it, it, it's I. It's a movie that I think is genuinely like kind of overlooked. Where I'm like, I would say this is probably better than the Jurassic Park sequels. Like, mm. to be honest, but Fair. I I love stop eating my sesame cake. Oh yeah, great line. <laughs> In there for no reason. He's like, yeah, there there is a bit of this film that is just kind of there for not really any particular reason. That whole like civil war in the background is just kind of there for an action scene at the airport. It was so unnecessary, like like how they tell yeah civil war, and they don't mention civil war ever again, other than like the the, 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 the shooting a plane. Yeah, I think it's more a case of we need a reason why they're kind of on their own. Where because otherwise it'd be like oh we found this thing we're gonna fly in a ton of planes and we're gonna and also it's kind of there so that the plane gets shut down she's like oh my god he sent people in immediately he sent the bad guy in immediately yeah yeah also they you know after seeing that plane get shot down earlier in the um earlier in the film or two planes even being shot down for being in that airspace earlier in the film they then escape at the end by getting in a hot air balloon 100 percent they get shot down and they all die you should have a plane, you wouldn't shoot down a hot air balloon. If yeah, I was guarding the borders, nah, that's a bigger target. It's an easy target. That is, that is, that's like the equivalent of we won't destroy this escape pod because there's no life signs knowing there's droids in it. You'd be like, <laughs> you, is, they'd I just be like, there's people that. in that air balloon. We will let them through because clearly they're stupid they're enough. They're heat seeking rockets, so they wouldn't be attracted to a hot air balloon. So they couldn't hit. Wait, 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 sorry, do you want to say that sentence again? Air balloon. Yeah, you just wouldn't fire. You just wouldn't fire the. Your heat seeking missile isn't going to lock onto your hot air balloon. You wouldn't do the. Yeah, but you don't get in a hot air balloon and boil alive, you idiots, do you? It's not a jet engine. It's a fire. It's a fire. It's probably hotter than a flare. But you wouldn't. Turn the fire on, you go, shit, they're aiming, fire, aiming rockets at us. You wouldn't go, 
George, mate, I love you, but this is an argument you should really George, back out of. When you shoot, yeah. Uh, like, so, George, what, when you shoot, you don't go, it's over there, there's heat there. I'll shoot here and let it curve round. You're going to aim for it and then let it get it. You're also not going to move very. You don't need a heat seeking missile. You just fire your machine gun vaguely in that direction. No, if it's really high up. <laughs> The wind turn the flame on. You just oh, no. Don't turn the flame on. So A, the air will still be hot, and B, if it wasn't, the air balloon would then just go. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine that's hot air balloon like, like escaping you. Yeah, as going, well, they're going to get a George like, I'll save us. <laughs> turn the heat off. Yeah. <laughs> air balloon immediately plummets. <laughs> it would be vaguely hot air, but not enough to attract it. Heat-seeking missile. I think it might be, if there's nothing well, else. No, around. because then if you find it when it would go whip, because that's hot air. Lots of thermal signatures. You need a lot of bloody heat to do a hot air balloon. There's a literal flame. Yeah, you just wouldn't turn the flame on. It, I've said this. It's heat. Seeking. That's not how hot, hot air balloons, balloons work. Has hot hot air balloons don't have to have the flame on constantly. I'm not no, saying no, it wouldn't the, drop. The, the flame doesn't matter. <laughs> it looks for heat. It's a ball of heat. It's a ball Blue of itself. Not warm. But it's warmer than anything else. But how long, if you turn the heat off, it drops. So it just wouldn't, I'm not saying it would be like falling and you'd be like, oh, but I'm saying that a hot air balloon with the flame turned off because you know that it's coming wouldn't drastically drop, but also get way less hot. I still think you'd be screwed. I think you'd be fine. You'd get wow. through it. I think you're overestimating how far a hot air balloon gets. The fact that you well, can sit in a basket underneath how, how yeah, much machine gun bullets up. would do to our air balloon. The heat's going up. Yeah, the heat's oh, going up, and then it disperses. That's why you yes. have to keep... That's why when you drop, you have to turn the flame on. So it would get, you'd go up, turn the flame off, the hot air would rapidly cool, you'd start ascending, then there wouldn't be hot air. You don't sit meanwhile, in a basket underneath boiling your skin. It's mean, not that meanwhile, hot. the soldiers being like, who the fuck are these idiots trying to get over the bloody border in a hot air balloon? And you'd be dead. Nah, you'd be fine. I think you're they all die. They all die. They all die. I don't care what anyone says. I'm really right. Nah, they're fine. I, I just don't think you know how hot air balloons work. I just I don't, don't think I don't you think understand you know anything about hot air balloons or missiles or. Well, you think that air. you think that people sitting in the basket underneath are roasted alive. No, up. but you know the yeah, balloon. You rapidly, know above yeah, but my point is, once you breathe hot air into a hot air balloon, right? It doesn't stay boiling hot. It rapidly cools. But it does stay hotter than the air outside because that's how it works. No, because then you start to descend. Yes, because it's still hotter, just not as hot. Yeah, and my point is, a heat-seeking missile doesn't go for hot, just vaguely My point is, there's more than one way to take out a hot air balloon. You fire a heat-seeking missile, they would immediately go after a bird That's hot, I'm going to go kill that. You don't need a heat-seeking missile. You just shoot a machine gun and shoot it down. You know the bit earlier in the plane where they shot down that plane with like the whatever the cannon guns? Did you use them? They didn't shoot down the plane with a cannon gun. They used the heat seeking missile once you find a flare. Because the flare is hot. No, no, that was their plane. The second plane, I think, got shot down. I think that was missile. No, it got shot down by more right. missiles. That was in more missiles. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm positive that Still. flare gun is, is not as hot as a hot air balloon. GTA. I'm positive a flare is way hotter than a hot air balloon. I disagree with that. I don't. I think that fire is hotter than warm air. It's not warm. 
You can, yeah, you can stand Wait there. until you get too low, and then either they'll shoot you, or you have to turn the flame on, and then they'll fight. They have to you can, like you. You can stand under a high air balloon. You can't hold a flame. Because the heat goes you. up. I don't think you know. Can we stop arguing works. about high air balloons? This isn't really relevant to the film. Yeah, the hippo scenes is good. Yeah, which scenes? The hippo scenes. Yeah, yeah, the hippo. I remember it being longer and more like crazy, but it's not. But it's still good. I like it. Oh, I've got a question actually about about the Bruce Campbell bit. You know, obviously, like when obviously there's two of them, yeah. Then one, and obviously he goes and goes, "Where are you?" And obviously he finds the eye, yeah. Yeah. When they find his body, know. when they find his body later, he has his eyes still. Yeah, that's what I said. I it was just a random eye, I guess. My theory of that so went, was that because you know, like the camp is also like wrecked. I just assumed it was an eye from someone else. But oh no, I can believe that. But just in the scene, it seemed like his mate. They definitely set up that it's yeah. his eye. And then, got, yeah, yeah. It was, I remember watching, thinking he's got two eyes. That's weird. Well, it's also they are camping outside it and then the guy's like look if we swim under this river through this little gap we can come up in the city then um, that's how that's how bruce campbell finds it then later they just walk up and it's like a very clear city like, and I'm like did I, they I, not I, see see that i must admit it was funny like watching them swim because there's a really awkward bit there but they were like guys we need to swim really deep and you see their feet like trying to really badly go into water it's quite funny yeah, so it is really odd. Of they find it so easily, and Bruce Campbell had to swim through a small hole to find it. It's a bit like, really? But yeah, I like at the end when she's mowing down ape creatures and being like, put them on the endangered list. It's, it's pretty savage. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> put them on the endangered slicing list. Slicing them in half. Well, I, I thought it was going to be the thing with like it's got oh shit. Um, uh, is it, uh, uh, Amy's going to like talk to them and save the day. <laughs> I think I think she does in the book. I think she. They she does a little bit. Well, she saves that guy by he does save that guy. yelling rather than shout talking or roaring. Yeah, she does save the guy. And then I think, yeah, I don't know. It's probably cool. Once he slices him. It is really brutal. I was saying, like, Jurassic Park kind of is. But even at the beginning, the inciting incident in Jurassic Park when he gets, like, pulled under or pulled into the cage by the Velociraptor, they're kind of trying to close it. And then he's like, oh! And gets pulled in and that's it. Whereas in this... He throws like a severed eyeball out and he holds it in his hand and it's like it's kind of like not dark, but it's weirdly like kind of adult for a like a, It is quite gory. There's a lot of blood in this. And then, yeah, they cut apes in half and you see him cut in half and stuff. Yeah. And Tim okay. Curry gets his head crushed. Yeah, like, I know you didn't see it, but it was quite you obviously hear the sound effects and stuff and all that bit. It's quite Did yeah. you, you find as well that bit though when um, the lava was coming in, like I just saw sort of watching it going like, are they just jumping into the lava? Like some, I know I know what they're going for, like they're falling in, but some of them I swear I watched them, they just went <laughs> you know, so they, it starts so off very much like, <laughs> oh, we're on this little shelf. We're on the shelves of that they used in Wakanda and that waterfall scene that were badly CGI'd in. We're on those shelves. And then it is kind of very much like, oh, there's so many apes, they're like running past each other and shipping each other off. But then they do get to a stage where they're just jumping. And I assume it's supposed to be they're trying to jump to safety and not making it. Okay. But, but yeah, it does look like they're like just jumping in. <laughs> it's a really cool shot where that monkey's running and then the lava goes over and he's like Ooh! and then the lava goes over again for 95 I'm like eh, they use that sparingly enough yeah <laughs> we were saying it'd be really funny when they're like showing me that gorilla and they're like here's this gorilla Amy look at it it'd be really funny if it cuts it and be like she's with her people and it just cuts her getting railed by that big <laughs> Okay, I just slammed into the dirt by that monkey. It's like, oh, she's back with her people. Oh my god! Also, uh, the ape, the uh, Dylan Walsh, 
what's his name? Peter Elliott, I think that's his name. It's like, oh, this misconception that apes are dangerous. Oh, that's stupid. It's just a myth. Apes aren't dangerous. Then they meet an ape and he's like, stand still. It could attack us. And it's like, so they are dangerous. That myth that you said is very, very real. The ape expert knows the least about apes. Yeah. The ape, the ape really expert something about apes. And he's like, apes don't attack people. Did they see an ape? And was like, careful, they'll attack you. And he's like, will it? Like, yeah. You know, when you ripped into her about hating apes, this is why. <laughs> I did really like that a bit where he's like, where'd you go? Like, oh, you don't run. Where'd you go? I ran. <laughs> something, yeah. something like that. There's some really great lines in this. Eddie Edson's great. Tim Curry's yeah. really good. Yeah, it's really fun. So it's just like a solidly enjoyable film. I like how they go on an expedition with like rafts and tents and stuff, but then all the main characters have got a small child's rucksack on. And it's like, so they're not, it's not even like they've got, it's not even like they've got a big like hiking backpack like a wrong map. They literally just got like, a bag a kid would take to school and I'm like you didn't yeah. even vaguely yeah. share the load yeah, but like then, all these people are then also I look at it and think like some of the stuff they got I look like okay they got this sort of equipment and then they look at it and go, you got turrets and like laser like like fields but I was like that's a, that's a, that's a lot of equipment to have like, just... yeah considering they are carrying nothing again it's not like they've got a big like 60 litre backpack on each they're literally just carrying he's carrying like books at Amy's glove and that's literally it and yeah Come on, guys, you could help other people out a little bit. Also, I really like that one scene where the main characters who have been carrying nothing all come out of their tents and then behind them, the, the, the people who they've hired to like sherpa them are just laying on rocks. And it's like, they didn't even get a tent. They're carrying all the equipment and they don't even get a tent, yeah. like a tent between them. And literally just one of them is asleep on a rock behind them. And I'm like, come on. But yeah, that's... Does anyone else have anything to say about Congo? Do we want to move on to ratings? I like how Lord when he has, has like endless supply of money. Right, and she's working for that big tech company. Yeah. I like how she like they, they get they, they they give her so much money and then she destroys their fucking satellite at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I mean they are like real dickish about it. So oh, I know, but it's this is funny, like Yeah, they're dickish. I know they're dickish, but they didn't do it they didn't they didn't like do anything like world ending or like you know what I mean they just didn't I mean it was bad, but they just didn't care about which Campbell died, which to be fair, they probably accepted that he died. So just so I, you know, it's... yeah, but like he so doesn't care that his son's dead. Oh no, he doesn't care at all. But it's just, it's, it's just that part of funny, like how she screwed him over. It's also funny that I didn't pick up this time round when I was watching it. We didn't pick up that Bruce Campbell was his son. Yeah. So when Laura Lindy's like, "Your wife should though," we're like, "What did we tell my wife?" Like, why didn't he should just be like, "Oh, by the way, honey, that expedition went wrong." Just to let you know, and then we click. Oh, it's because it's his son. And we should let the mom know. Isn't Bruce Campbell yeah. her ex-fiance? No, they are engaged, right? But when I... No, I don't think they are engaged, yeah. but they, he makes some reference about nearly asking him to marry her, or yeah. he nearly married... I don't know, they should say they nearly get married, so maybe they are engaged. It's not. I don't think it's important, but it's not really ever specified. No, I just thought it was funny how she, like... I mean, you know how she came out of it? It's funny how, like, how she cares so much about her ex. Weird. Again, I don't think it is... They might ex. not be exes. No, on here it says they are. That's what I was looking at now. Oh. Yeah. So I feel like yeah, if it's Bruce Campbell, you, you do, you go into the jungle for Bruce. She does say she still loves him because she was like, "Of course I love him. I nearly bloody married him." Yeah. Yeah. So. That's all I've got to say about Congo, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, Callum, what would you rate this movie <clears throat> out of five? I think it's really fun, but like as quality goes, I would give it a three. I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's good, but not amazing, but not bad. But it's really fun to watch. I recommend it still. That's fair. Mm. Alex, 
I am I'm gonna go off for four for entertainment value. Like I would watch this again. It's fun. That's fair. I'm also leaving the four. I think it's a light four, but I'm also yeah. with you on the four. Beautiful. Beautiful. Who's next? Who's next week? It's it's me. Oh. It's me. Oh, it's Alex. I thought I loved George uh, Red Children. Who was next? <laughs> I, I, George, no, I, I'm more was like I, yeah. George was still panicking off of last time, where he's like, "It's not me. I've just done it. I'm off the hook." Not gonna lie, after uh, like I had just, I was gonna... so satisfying to see George like do it himself, and I was like, "Yes, finally." <laughs> uh, I am gonna pick. Oh, so I was thinking about this, and I'm like, I feel like at least for my choice, I need to pick a film for which I have read the book as well. That's fair. Uh, like I can get away with it for you guys, but I feel like at least for my choice, I need to put in the effort and pick a film that I've read the book of. So I am gonna pick. The Martian, because if I remember rightly, there's a few differences between the book and the film. Which I thought you were about to say, if I remember correctly, there was a book. <laughs> if I remember correctly, there <laughs> yeah. is a book. No, there is a book. Yeah. I've read the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I might even attempt to reread the book throughout the week, but I don't Ooh. know. It'll take a while. Um, but yeah, so The Martian, because I think it's on Netflix or Amazon. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I think it's on Netflix. I've, I've anyway, in this case. It's, in, but it's like Congo, we already had it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I should probably do the wrap up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone, <laughs> thank you for watching. Um, let us know in the comments uh, what you think of Congo. Let us know how hot air balloon works. If any hot air balloon scientists are out there, let us know yeah, how hot. I'm going to Google it afterwards. But let us know how hot hot air balloon gets because. Calvin, I think it gets hotter than the sun, and I think it's I just warmer. That's not no, I think it gets hot enough that it will attract a heat-seeking yeah. missile if one is fired in a balloon. But vice versa, how heat disperses. Yes, if you hold a flamethrower, George, you sit and go, oh, it's burning me alive back here. It's going that way. Yeah, but you can sit in a basket underneath it. It's not burning you alive. You haven't exactly. been in a hot air balloon. Exactly. That's why you can sit there when the heat's going up. You still get residual heat on the Yeah, head, but not the I'm same. Not... It's, like, it's like 5% of that residual heat. It's also, yeah, but at the top of a balloon isn't that hot. Anyway, uh, let us know the, how heat disperses because some people okay, need, a, 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 need to be retaught. Alex, need to go back to GCSE science. Alex, who but, you this, mate? Help me out. Anyway. Yeah, I'm Googling it so I can prove it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, like and comment and subscribe on YouTube or whatever. We'd always recap this, but thank you for listening very much. Hit the bell, do all that stuff. Follow us on Spotify, I don't know. But thank you for Twitter and Facebook. Yep. Callum, do you want to say goodbye? Bye. Alex? Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Alex, say bye. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to Real Rewind and hit that notification bell where you can. Tune into new episodes every Friday on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Beaker, Pocket Cast, Anchor and Radio Public. Please follow Real Rewind on Facebook, at The Real Rewind on Twitter and Real underscore Rewind on Instagram. See you soon.